0: It's very easy for Mr. Cat to switch gears. Like, he can be doing some, you know, mundane daddy shit, and the next thing, he wants to have sex. He's ready for sex. Yeah, Yeah. I wish I was more like that. Absolutely. I'm just not. Welcome to Two Hot Wives.
1: A podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex.
0: Hey hotties.
1: I'm Kat. And I'm Ams.
0: And we're the two hot wives. Tonight we're talking about seduction and foreplay. Ams, why are we talking about seduction and foreplay? That's an excellent question, <laughs> Kat. Such a good question. It's so basic. Yeah. So
1: fundamental. It is. But you know what? I love it when we explore fundamentals. Because I- know about you but my experience with sex was kind of like learning on the job mm-hmm. right
0: I think that's the way it is for most of us
1: right exactly nobody said this is this is how you should give a good blow job this is how you should seduce your partner
0: that wasn't part of your birds and bees talk no your mom.
1: no <laughs> no you you learn it by like stealing the playboy channel from your friend whose mom <gasps> worked for the cable company and <laughs> maybe reading a but bo- I don't know I read a book that was like sex tips from a Gay Man to a Straight Woman. That was like a really popular book when I was a teenager. But for the most part, nobody really tells you how to be great at sex. True. Most of us have some gaps in our knowledge and mm-hmm. our skill set. So
0: it's it's useful to go back and kind of check out the fundamentals. So I'm thinking about books on sex when we were kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I can remember is, dear God, it's me, Margaret. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> think that was an instructions it wasn't
1: an instruction manual no for sure (laughs) so what else what why why do you think
0: talking about seduction and foreplay is important Kat well I think that you know so often we forget that we still need to seduce our partners yeah and here's the thing that I, I think about most haven't we all been out with our girlfriends where someone's complaining about their husband yeah. He never does this. He never does that. He never just brings me flowers or you know whatever it might be that they want. And I feel like we can't always wait for our partners to do all the things that we want. They yeah. can't read our minds. And so sometimes we have to take control of the situation and just put on the sexy lingerie, make sure the kids are out of the house or do whatever you have to do to make something special for them. Because I always find when I do something, I get it back, tenfold, right? Sure. So if we want our guys to be romantic and sweet and seduce us...
1: Right. When's the last time we seduced them? Right. It's a good
0: point. It's a very good
1: point. All right. But before we really get into the episode, do we have any current events that we
0: need to... We do. Yeah. Well, I think at this very moment... We are on a plane to Desire. Yes. Okay, I don't mean right not,
1: now. <laughs> not right now. We're like hiding in the airplane bathroom recording. Shh. <laughs> it's like a whole new Mile High Club <laughs> recording in the airplane bathroom. That no, we are not recording in the... <laughs>
0: Girls, get out of there.
1: <laughs> but by the time this episode launches, we will be on our way to Desire RM in... Cancun, Mexico. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm really excited too. So if you happen to be in Cancun this week. We'll be there soon. Yeah. Come, <laughs> come find us by the pool. We'll be topless. What else? What else? Oh, when we get back, we are hosting a meet and greet in Nashville on August 6th. Mm-hmm. I think 630 we talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you are in the Nashville area on August 6th check out our website. We have all the information about upcoming events. You can find out the details to see The Two Hot Wives live. Okay, okay. That's enough current events. Kat, what are we drinking tonight?
0: Well, tonight we are drinking the peach bourbon spritzer. Yes. Yeah. So like cherries, peaches are in season. That's right. Right. And they are delicious. So I muddled some peaches Mm -hmm. with a little bit of honey, simple syrup, some bourbon, some club soda. It's yummy. It's summery. It's
1: such a classic
0: combination. Mm -hmm. And the
1: peaches really were
0: delicious. I'll put the whole recipe on our social media pages and on the website. So
1: I know a lot of our (laughs) listeners are out there going, why don't you do
0: a peach cocktail for the anal episode? I know. And I thought of it
1: after. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. I was like, damn it, Ams. I should have used peaches. That
1: would have been perfect. Yeah. That's all right. It's not better late than never. And this <laughs> is a delicious cocktail. It's
0: yummy. And with our cocktails, we need some hot tails. <sighs>
1: So, Am's, what's your hot tail? So, my hot tail for tonight comes from our amazing, epic house party.
0: Oh, it was so good.
1: It was so good. And I, we were talking before we started recording that that we need to record some bonus content on this house party,
0: right? Because we did house parties part one in season one, yeah, and we learned so much from that. Oh my
1: gosh, yes,
0: yeah. And I think that house party number two was just so much more just more it was more 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 of everything yes
1: absolutely so if
0: you are a member
1: of the two hot wives community you can access bonus content that is not available on spotify or apple podcasts and we're gonna record bonus content on the house party that you can listen to if you are not yet a member of the Two Hot Wives community. Check out our website. Sign up for our mailing list. You can get all the details on how to sign up. It's free. It's totally free. <laughs> so there was play at the house party. Yes. And I thought I would there make- There was a
0: lot of play there was a lot at the of house play. party.
1: Yeah. And, and look, we intentionally didn't make play the focus of the house party, but there was still a, a lot, lot of play that happened. And uh, I actually had a- A little interlude with Mr. Cat, just kind of briefly, but that's not what I'm going to talk about (laughs) on the hotel. okay. Well, he'll Um, be so disappointed. (laughs) I know. I know. And I do love my playtime with Mr. Cat. But uh, this happened after that. We both came up to the kitchen and we were getting a drink, getting something to eat. And we were talking with another couple who we'd actually met them at PCAP. And they are so sexy. Super hot. So gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But also the nicest people mm-hmm. you can imagine.
0: He's got this amazing smile and just... A oh, I thought you were going to mention his abs. Because oh, <laughs> Ams loves abs. I do love abs. So and does Kat. He's, <laughs> he's beautiful. God.
1: He's like an Adonis. Mm-hmm. Like his body is off the hook. It's hard to get past the abs to look up at... Like this beautiful smile that he has. He has this little like goatee with a little bit of grey going through mm. it. You wouldn't like you're like, Oh, he's a grown up like me. You wouldn't know it except there's a little tiny bit of gray in his Sexy. goatee.
0: Um, so unfair. Men look great with a little bit of gray. They do. We are like obsessed with covering that shit up. Get it all
1: covered up. <laughs> for sure. But on him, it just made him look mm-hmm. a little more sophisticated. So we're we're talking. We had a little bit of a chance to meet with them at, at PCAP,
0: but not a lot. There were a lot of people that we were meeting and talking with. His wife is gorgeous, She too. is
2: and gorgeous. And so sweet.
0: Yes. I didn't get a lot of chance to talk with her at PCAP, but mm-hmm. I did a lot more at the house party, which yeah. was really nice. Yeah. But she's beautiful yeah. and amazing. Super hot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But When I say beautiful, when you say like beautiful inside and out, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes people who are absolutely gorgeous are kind of (laughs) assholes. They're like really good, kind, thoughtful people. So I, I'm so glad we got a chance to to talk with them more at the house party, and then do more than talk uh-huh. with them. All right. The so party. on with the hot tail. Yeah. Okay. So the hot tail. So uh, we're, we're talking, we're flirting. Mr. Cat is talking with Tia, and I was talking and flirting quite a lot with Luke.
0: Were you using all your flirtatious powers? Uh,
1: well, as you will find out, I fucking suck at flirting, but I was- you It was know, working. I was comfortable in my space. I was a little bit tipsy. I was- just owning it and having an amazing time. But at one point, he said something funny and I laughed and I was like, gosh, you would be so much fun.
0: You'd just be so much fun. Did you use your motherfucking words?
1: I did. And then he (laughs) said, you just tell me when and where. And then I said, how about here and now? (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And I was like, "Uh, do you need to touch base with Tia?" And he's like, "Yeah, I should probably do that." So he he touched base with Tia, made sure it was okay. Is this all right if I go off with Ams? And she said, "Sure." So we walk over to the stairs, and it was a heaven and hell party. And I said, "Do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell?" Because <laughs> there's no play on the main <laughs> level. I said, "Let's go to heaven." So I kind of take him by the hand, <laughs> and we walk up the stairs and find we had the the master bedroom set up for play. So we had a big king size bed, and we were able to find like half to a third of the bed was still available that we could that we could play. So we started kissing, and Luke does an amazing job of using his motherfucking words, for consent issues. Like, hashtag consent is sexy, especially when Luke does it. (laughs) So we're kissing and I kind of sit down on the bed while he's standing up. I'm not going down on him or anything, but I'm just kind of kissing his chest and kissing his abs because, as you Uh mentioned, he has phenomenal abs. Like, I just was Taking my tongue and licking up the ridges of his abs because they were so amazing, I wanted to lick them and I did. Damn, I I think we
0: should video some of this sometimes. That's 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 that a is, whole different thing. Never mind. Different. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> porn. No, she doesn't. No, 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 I do no she does do not. Porn. No, no, no. I do
1: not do porn. No. But he kind of was playing with my hair and he said, "Is it okay if I pull your hair?" I was like yes, it's okay if you pull my hair. So he kind of he didn't pull hard, but he kind of, you know, grabbed a, the, mm-hmm. the back of my neck and my hair and just gave it just the tiniest little tug. And it was amazing. And, uh, so I went down on him for a while and then he wanted to reciprocate and he's like, can I turn you around and come at you from behind? Wait, what did he mean? he, he, instead of like going down on me with me lying on the bed, he wanted me to flip around on my hands and knees so that he could toss your salad. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, 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 but like just everything just like, you know, and I, his attitude was phenomenal in that he was casual about everything, but not like blase, you know, it was like, right. It's like, can I, can I go down on you from behind? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, but it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like, ooh, this is so nasty. And I was like, can I do this? Is this is cool. And I just loved, he was confident. He was chill about it. It was all sexy and awesome. And anything that he asked, I would have done. Like, I would have done <laughs> anything if he had just asked me to do it. So- mm. Yeah, so I, I-
0: Maybe it's good he didn't know that answer. I know.
1: But now you do <laughs> know, Oh, <Luke>. no. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, so he did he did that for a while. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes if a guy is rooming, he's like focused on that area because it's so naughty. And he was just all over the place. He was just enthusiastically using his tongue everywhere. And it was really turning me on. And he did that for a while. And then I kind of turned around And he's like, is it okay if I grab a condom? I'm like, yes, please. Yes. Fuck the rest of the foreplay. Let's get to the sex. Because I was very turned on at that point.
0: I'm so jealous.
1: (laughs) It was really amazing. (laughs) Where was I? You were downstairs chatting in the kitchen. You were were having lovely conversations in the kitchen. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. So he put a condom on and he entered me. And we did all sorts of different positions. And I was just enjoying it. So much at one point, I was just like, "Oh my god, you're fucking me so good!" And it wasn't like dirty talk; I was just excited. <laughs> I was just—I just had to say it. You just I was couldn't so help yourself. Excited, and I was like, "My party is awesome, and I'm getting fucked by this beautiful man." It was great; it was amazing. And and then I wanted to orgasm, and I don't usually orgasm from penetrative sex mm-hmm. alone. So I said, "Hey, do you mind?" If I grab a toy and then you can kind of come at me from behind, like we were both standing up on the side of the bed and he was leaning me over the bed and I just wanted a toy to kind Mm -hmm. of get over the edge. And it was my house. And it was, you know, know the I knew toys where the are. toys were. And so I, I went and I grabbed a toy and we kept doing what we were doing. And then I came really hard. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Let's
0: cuddle. And I don't like to cuddle, but he was <laughs> Wait, so cute. You do not cuddle.
1: <laughs> I don't cuddle, but he made me – he was so fucking hot, he made me want to cuddle. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we, like, like short, right? Because there's yeah, a party going yeah. on. So we well, kept, I'm
0: really – you don't like to cuddle.
1: <laughs> I really don't like to cuddle. <laughs> we're oh. going to
0: keep this short, but we, we we need to cuddle.
1: That's right. That's I need, right. I need to get come. Get over here and to,
0: cuddle with me quickly.
1: I, I, I needed to come down oh. a little bit and I didn't want him to be like, get the fuck out of my bedroom. I uh-huh. really wanted to cuddle with yeah. him. So yeah. so just for a minute, like we were just sitting there for a minute and then Tia came in and and I think he wanted to kind of get the party started again with tia and he's like oh you know you guys should kiss and we kissed a little bit but i was done yeah right i was done you came came. i think you said you came super hard that's right i came super hard you need you know some time yeah yeah so maybe another time i would totally play with the the two of them they are Mm -hmm. really did i mention they're super fucking hot super fucking yeah so that was like oh my gosh the most amazing play date
0: I want to. I, I want to come with you. Oh yeah. I don't yes. know. There could be some kind of ex- interesting episode there. Oh uh, yeah. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: we'll make it happen. It. But but. Oh, amazing, amazing. Mm. He's phenomenal in the mm. sack. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was my hot tail. It's still like oh, just I can thinking tell. about it you still can tell. turns. Watching
0: me you tell the story, your eyes are like huge. Yeah, no, you're super excited. You can tell. Why do you think I'm so jealous? Oh, where's Ooh. Mr. Amps? All right. I need a break. <laughs> Stunt cock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think now we need to cool off a little yeah. bit. Maybe, you know, drink our cocktail for a bit. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about seduction and foreplay.
1: We're back. Tonight, we are talking about The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and
0: Foreplay. Actually, more specifically, we're talking about the book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay.
1: Yes. So The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay is a book authored by Dr. Jess O'Reilly and Marla Stewart. It's a fantastic sort of sex self-help book. Mm-hmm. And Tat, what do you think of? And you think seduction and foreplay. You're like, that's a fucking awful question. Whoa, Why the fuck did you so ask me huge. that?
0: so uh, huge. So many things. Um, seduction and foreplay. You know what I think about? I, I think I I think about it in the context of my marriage, right? Sure. Because I feel like you get married and then you have hot sex mm-hmm. until you start having kids. Yeah. And then all that stuff goes out the window. it becomes a little more routine yeah. and seduction and foreplay are the key elements to keeping it hot and sexy whether you whether you you know play with other couples or you're just playing together i think as you get as you get further along in your marriage it's very easy to let the, those things go yeah and i think they're everything i mean i really think it's super important you wonder why you know you don't have sex anymore it's because you forgot to do the seduction and foreplay part yeah or at least the seduction part Yeah. And to me, like, don't come to me at eight o'clock at night and say, baby, let's get busy when we haven't spoken in that sexy way all day.
1: Yeah. That's such a good point. It's such a good point that we just forget to try to seduce our spouse.
0: Or we don't think we need to. Yeah, Like, oh, she knows I love her or he knows I love him. You know, we're good. I don't need to do all that stuff. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to entice them. They know this is all for them. Mm-hmm. You take each other for granted and not in a bad way, just in a forgetful way, maybe.
1: Right. You're. Your day is busy. Your life is busy. It mm-hmm. gets to 10 o'clock and you get the dreaded 10 o'clock paw, where you're just exhausted and you're lying in bed and all of a sudden your husband kind of reaches his arm around you and grabs you by the tit and you're like, no, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. Well, and you haven't revved me up for that all exactly. day. Exactly. Like, I'm not a fucking light switch. You can't just turn me on by doing nothing. And and I also, I think it's important for us to take some control over feeling sexy and sexual.
0: Absolutely. And this is something I think we've talked about a lot where Mm -hmm. they don't, they can't read our minds. They're not just like us. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily need the same things that we need. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to stereotype them or say they're all the same, but you know, it's very easy, I think, for Mr. Cat to switch gears. Mm -hmm. Like he can be doing some, you know, mundane daddy shit Mm -hmm. and the next thing. He wants to have He's sex. He's ready for sex. Yeah, sure. And I, I don't mean that to be a criticism. Yeah. I wish I was more like that. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm just not. Yeah.
1: It it takes a while for yeah. us to switch gears, for us to there, there's one um chapter in the book, and I want to I don't want to go too detailed into the chapter of the book because we're gonna go into that in our second part of the the episode. But mm-hmm. it, it it was talking about seduction rituals and sort of What are the steps that you can take to switch gears from being uh, a mom or an employee or a daughter or whatever into being a lover, right?
0: Well, and I think this takes it a a step further because I think in previous episodes, we were talking about how do we get ourselves in the mood, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think this seduction and foreplay is more about the partnership, right? Yeah. How do I get you in the mood and how do you get me in the mood? Mm-hmm. And the biggest part of that is the communication. I need to tell you how to get me in the mood. Sure. You need to tell me how to get you in the mood.
1: Right. Absolutely. So communication is a huge part of, of everything, seduction and, and of foreplay, right? As you get yeah. to the point of actually um, touching each other, engaging in sex play, you that you shouldn't stop talking which is where i get really tight-lipped is when we start actually having sex and then i have a real tough time using my words in that context so um you know the other thing i, I liked about this book and i really wanted to explore it more is that i suck at seduction i suck at flirting i've never been good at it cuz i never had to be i met mr ams when i was really young and cute <laughs> and
0: you're still really cute. <laughs> and so I think you're better at it than you think you are.
1: Thank you. But I don't have a lot of confidence with it. I, I, I'm not like, you've got an amazing flirt game. You just are engaging and you let the person that you're talking to know that like, that I'm I attracted like them. to you sexually. And I'm bad at that. I have like walls up. I will, you know, I basically rely on being pretty cute and being having a decent body and being pretty smart and pretty funny. And that's it. But I'm not going to like be sexual in these conversations. Right. It's really hard for
0: me to do that. Well, and I don't know that I'm like, overtly sexual, but I, I smile with my eyes a lot. And yeah. I do the, that big eye contact thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think to some degree, it, it just comes naturally. It's part of my personality. So I don't know exactly what it is that I'm doing, but like, I I don't, I'm not propositioning or I'm not saying super sexual things. No. I'm just smiling and.
1: But people know like, hey, I, she's interested in me and guys deserve
0: that too, right? Well, there are little things like, you know, the touching on the arm or the, you know, the little like nonverbal things that. Just convey that you're
1: interested. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, it's. Well, first of all, it's hard to let down those barriers. If if you happen to be a non-monogamous couple and so you're meeting new people for the first time, it's hard to let down those barriers of monogamy where you are not allowed to flirt with right. someone else's husband. That's gonna cause all sorts of problems. So getting beyond that is tough. But I think even flirting with Mr. Ams, I don't I don't think I give him enough of that energy like throughout the day Mm -hmm. so i felt like there was an opportunity for growth there in our own relationship to just you know and and there's a section about eroticizing daily interactions which immediately made me think about you
0: because that's my thing that's your thing yeah well and i have to say it's not just my thing it's it's mr cat's thing sure so we've set up all of these little things that we do that really work for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cat gets up awfully early. Oh. He'll go do his exercise thing. He'll go for a run. He'll do his thing. And then like in the last 15 minutes when he's like in the shower, I know he's getting ready f- to, to get ready and go. I'll hop up and make him coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'll make him coffee. He comes down and, you know, we have a few talking about whatever the day is going to be. And then when he goes to leave, I, I kiss him goodbye and I, f- I flash him and it's yeah, really fun i totally flash him at the door so it's the garage right so the gr- he's leaving at the garage he's kissing me goodbye and uh, we're playing just a little bit right there and then he goes and gets he, he goes to get in the car and i'm flashing him and i'm sometimes i'll kind of like Tease my nipples a little bit and I smile and blow him kisses. And what's hilarious is when like a jogger will go by <laughs> and I have to hurry up and close my robe. Right. Or, you know, but that's always just funny and yeah. it's fun. And then it's right back open and I'm flashing him all the way. What's really funny is when he's backing out of the of our our driveway, driveway and he'll stop and I'll be like, it's cold. Go get home gonna Keep shut going. the door. <laughs> I play for a little bit and then I blow him some kisses and I hit the garage door yeah 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 Yeah. it's so cute I don't even know how it got started to be honest it just did and then it became like an everyday thing pretty much I mean now I'll admit there are days when you know we I've been up late the night before maybe working on something Mm -hmm. and he'll say no no you just sleep you know and he'll Mm -hmm. go but he always kisses me goodbye before he leaves Mm -hmm. and you know on the days that I I mean I get up I would say it's every day. It's yeah. pretty much every day. And do the flashy thing. I get the sweetest texts all day. Yeah. Yeah. He sends me something about like, oh, you look so hot this morning with the little devil emoji. Guy, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just gets this whole conversation going all day. Yeah. What does make that difficult is if I need him to like pick up groceries on the way home. I hate to like interrupt his cute, <laughs> right. sexy talk to say, by the way, can you stop by the we grocery need store for some milk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But, you know. Thanks, Bay. I we work it milk. in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sure. it it has made a huge difference because then when he's coming home, he's been sweet to me all day. Yeah. You want to uh, reach over and touch my tit for sex? Yeah, you yeah. got it. Yeah, I'm I'm charged for it. I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I love that, and I felt like that was an area um, where there's like an opportunity for me to learn and and grow in that space. And there's a, you know the book is kind of divided into two different parts. There's the seduction part, Mm -hmm. which is talking about all the stuff before you do the touching and the kissing and everything. So it's getting in the mindset. It's sending texts. It's communicating your wants and your needs and your fantasies with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's a great, there was a lot that I felt like, I'm past this shit, right? We've been on this journey for a right. long time. Um, but I think if you're kind of new to exploring your sexuality, it is a great place to start.
0: Well, and even if you're not new, it does serve as a reminder. Yeah. We are there because we're talking about this all the time. That's right. Right? right. So over the course of doing the podcast, we've gotten little reminders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, but- If you're not doing a podcast, you might not be talking about it as much as we are. Right. So it serves as a little reminder. Don't forget. Your partner still needs that seduction. Right.
1: And, you know, sex is, it's one of those things that you get better when you learn and practice. And- it you're not intuitively phenomenal in the sack. Like we have learned so much, and our sex has gotten so much better because we put the time and, and the effort, and the effort into learning techniques and and learning about what our partner wants. I don't know why we all assume that we're just going to be fantastic lovers without doing any research. Like sex ed is literally the opposite of learning about sex. Right. Sex
0: ed is nuts and bolts. It's all stop. It's all don't do it because you're going to die of a disease or you're going to get somebody pregnant and ruin your life. Right. Exactly. Nobody ever learns
1: how to maximize pleasure in the bedroom, right? Maybe you learn it from porn or something, but, but actually having a book that talks about touching techniques and kissing techniques, this is something that I don't care how long you've been having sex. It's 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 good. It's good to explore different ways of touching, different ways of kissing, different ways of oral sex. Um so I I I really enjoyed reading it. I'm looking forward to kind of living the the book mm-hmm. like they do in the By the Book
0: podcast. I know, I'm really excited about doing that too. Yeah,
1: yeah. and if you have not checked out the Buy the Book podcast, I highly recommend it.
0: Um, it's a lot of fun. It's
1: a, it's a ton of fun. It's,
0: well, and it, they've saved me from reading so many books. That's true.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> the self-help authors like love the, oh, the no, book. Oh, no, Because then I'd be like, I don't need to read their book. I just got the download from Jill Linta and Kristen. So, right. Uh, yes, So, but before we go into actually living by this particular book... We got to interview the authors, Marla and Jess. So should we should we bring them into the conversation? I think that's a good idea. All right, let's do it. And we are back with Jessica O'Reilly and Marla Stewart, authors of The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. Ladies, welcome.
3: Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much
0: for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk to you today. Yeah, we're very excited to have you. I love the book. I'm super excited. It was great. It was so actionable, right?
1: It was really, you know, step by step. How do you put some of these thoughts into practice? A lot
0: of practical things that we can do and a lot of good questions, you know, getting together with your partner and going back and forth through the questions. It's great. I love it. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. When it comes to flirting, seduction, and sex, confidence seems to be a real challenge. What, What would you recommend to someone to try to help boost their
2: confidence?
0: Marla, you want to answer that one?
2: So when it comes to building up someone's sexual confidence, you really have to think about affirming those things that were negative about you. So the first thing is identifying the flaws that you have. Once you identify flaws that you have, then you'll be able to change them if you'd like to change them, of course. So when we work on ourselves and we think about how to work on ourselves, that is going to lead us into building up our sexual confidence. So one of the ways that I say that, and that's in the book, is uh, having affirmations. So thinking about the affirmations, you would basically name what kind of affirmations you want. And you would repeat those several times and basically get those in your head over and over and over again. So repeating them in front of the mirror, and that basically retrains your brain.
1: Can you give an example of uh, what a person might perceive as a flaw that they could turn into an affirmation and sort of retrain their brain?
2: Absolutely. So thinking about like if someone was a shy person or did not like to talk in bed, right? So you can say like, well, I'm really shy. I'm really quiet during sex. And I'm, I'm not really sure what to say. You can say, well, okay, you're shy. What's the positive thing about being shy is the first thing. So recognizing what the positives are about that negative or that flaw is going to help you see it, that it's not such a bad thing. So the positive thing about being shy is that it can you know, be alluring to people. It attracts extroverts, anything. Or even if we're thinking about, oh, I'm shy in bed or I don't like to talk in bed, the, the positive thing about that is I'm internally self-reflecting or I'm self-aware. That's the positive thing about, you know, being quiet in the bedroom. Then you want to know what the counter aspect to it is. So what the opposite of that being shy is. Well, shy is I'm a a great dirty talker in bed. I'm not shy. Right. So, uh, well, we always want to put things in affirming language. So you'd be like, I'm a great dirty talker. So you would say like, oh, I am very self-aware. And I'm a great dirty talker. So those are two different affirmations that you're saying. And when you repeat those to yourself over and over and over again, you start to believe that you're self-aware, but you'll also start to believe that, hey, I can dirty talk. And, And so you're repeating that over and over again. And I say, you know, repeat it two to three times a day out loud in front of a mirror. And soon enough, you'll actually start to feel it. So it's sort of like, you know, it's like how you see a song. You know, it's like you repeat a song over and over again, you remember it. And even when you're not around that song, you still remember it or you still do those things. So, yeah, it's just sort of a a, a mnemonic method of, of helping you to become a better and more sexually confident person.
1: Great. So you're actually suggesting you you do an affirmation on the thing that you are good at, the the being self aware, and also an affirmation on the thing you're working on, so that as you say it over time, y- you start to believe it.
2: Right. Right. You're you're basically retraining your brain. Mm-hmm.
0: And I like how you take them and sort of flip them, and say, well, how can I turn this negative into a positive affirmation? That's that's something I don't think I really thought about because yeah. the, our negatives, we try to just stuff them and push them away and not think about them, but they're there. We know it. Yeah. So I like, I like that a lot. Yeah.
1: It's also getting into some of the sort of meta feelings, right? You have feelings about yourself and you can't control those, but you can, you can start to um, control how you feel about those feelings and not be so judgmental of yourself. I like that a lot.
3: Do you have a different perspective, Jess? Oh well it's so interesting cuz i would say that if if i wanted to be more confident i'd just be like marla. marla is just one of these people that for real exudes confidence and lives it and i, I think another really important piece around confidence is that it's it's not a static state of being it is an experience and so your confidence can be really high one moment or really low another, and it's always changing and evolving. And that's totally fine. And so if if somebody is not feeling confident about one specific thing, maybe you're confident in another area. If you're not confident in this moment in time, and oftentimes when it comes to sex, if we're not feeling confident, we fully withdraw. We don't need to because you can be totally lacking confidence right this moment, and then change the way you think or change the way you behave or ask for reassurance or look for affirmation. And all of a sudden, You can start to feel that confidence. And that's something we really explore in the book are these feelings of what do I need to feel in order to get in the mood? What do I need to feel in order to have a hot experience? What do I need to feel in order to share a fantasy and open up? So I think, uh, you know, confidence is at the core, but so is just this huge range of experiences and emotions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, um, you know, what do I need to do to get in the mood? And we talk about that all the time, like shifting gears to get into a sexy mindset. Mm-hmm. And so do you have some little tricks or some ways that, that people
3: can sort of rev up their sexual interests before they get anywhere near the bedroom? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we often talk about the fact that foreplay begins at the breakfast table or foreplay begins on Monday for a Friday session. And it really is about eroticizing the relationship. We actually dedicate a whole chapter in the book to making your daily interactions more erotic. I mean, if we think about what many of us have been through over the last 14 or 15, or I can't even keep keep track months, it has been the opposite of sexy, the opposite of playful, the opposite of erotic, because we are hypervigilant, we're exhausted, we're feeling stressed, we're feeling anxious. And so we have to go out of our way to make things more playful, right? And there's so many ways to be playful. It can be as simple as, you know, when you're throwing something in the garbage, you're actually playing a game where you're trying to like throw it from a distance. It could be that you're playing with your food. It could be that you're playing little pranks on one another. It could be that you wake up in the morning and you think about the funniest thing about your partner. Uh, It could be that you're flirtatious or you dance. I was thinking, you know, it could be physical It could be emotional. It could be verbal. It could be practical. And we need more of that in our lives because you're not a light switch. You absolutely cannot go from talking about your kids, your taxes, whether or not your dog had a bowel movement, to all of a sudden, you know, jumping into the bedroom and, ooh, hello. Most of us don't function that way. So we have to think about how we weave different, you know, erotic conversations into our lives. In fact, Marla calls them sex seeds, right? How do you plant these seeds? early in the morning or a day before via text, via a little note, via a look, via a touch, via, you know, leaving a toy out on the table. Uh, any of these things can be seeds. I love that. Mm-hmm. So
1: on the flip side, a lot of our listeners are beyond some of the fundamentals of sex. They're setting up their little Saturday night orgies. What, what can you offer um, listeners who are pretty far in their sexual journey. How can they benefit from a book that focuses on seduction and foreplay?
3: That's a great question. Now, I mean, we begin from the beginning by redefining sex and seduction and foreplay, right? You'll see the book includes oral sex. It includes different touch techniques. It includes lots of different types of orgasms. And I think when people think of seduction, we kind of erroneously think about it as some sort of pickup piece, right? Just what you do before you get to the sex. But seduction and foreplay and sex and orgasm can all be one in the same. And so that's something we're trying to sort of Redefine. And then what I really think the book brings to the table are these hundreds of prompts and considerations and conversation starters. And even if you've had sex 10,000 times, even if you had multiple partners, oftentimes you haven't thought about your sexual values or you haven't thought about your core erotic feeling or your elevated erotic feeling. And so that's what we're trying to get people to do is dig a little deeper and really put in some thoughts. So, for example, we give you a seduction interview so that you have an idea of when to initiate sex, right? Just to to talk to your partner. What are the best and worst times? When do you like to have it? What time of day do you like to have it? Are you okay with being woken up? What are days of the weeks that tend to work for you? Are you open to sex while you're menstruating? Are you open to having sex in the middle of a workday? Or do you need to wait until you're done your work? Because we're all different. And that's just like the very beginning of it. And then conversations about shows and movies and the type of desire and sex that you're into. Um, you know, the the values around sex. Even people who have had a a ton of sex and say they've communicated voluminously about sex oftentimes haven't had more vulnerable conversations. For example, you know, what were some of the early messages you received about sex? How did that intersect with your sexual orientation, with your gender identity, with other rules and you know layers of your identity? Um, What are the emotional benefits of sex? From your perspective what are the potentially spiritual benefits what are the relational benefits what are the practical what are the emotional and just beginning there right most of us have not had these conversations and more importantly and this is one thing i see uh, oftentimes with folks who are more sexually open we believe that we've had a conversation once and it's one and done but in a long-term relationship my answer to those questions is very different today then even two months ago, let alone two years ago, let alone 10 or or 15 years ago. So these are ongoing conversations that that we need to have with specificity, right? Like we'll say, here's what I see. I see with communication, people will talk about what they like and what they don't like. And that's cool. That's a a great place to start. But can we dig deeper into the why, right? Like why does that turn you on? You know, folks come to me and they're like, I want to have a threesome. Okay. What is it about a threesome that appeals to you? Is it that you want to be physically overwhelmed by all those hands on you? Is it that you want to feel the power of getting two people, you know, to pay attention to you? Is it that you you want to feel desired? Do you, do you want to feel like, you know what, I'm so desirable, all these folks want me? Or is it just that you've seen it in porn, so you think you should do it, right? And so we're, what we're trying to do is give people language to have these more meaningful chats uh, that are hopefully going to last the rest of your lives. I love that. Yeah. And you bring up,
1: Um, some interesting discussion around the feelings that a person needs to have in order to get in the mood. You talk about the idea of core erotic feelings and elevated erotic feelings is like a key to creating and experiencing
3: seduction. So can you tell us more about CEF and EEF? When we say core erotic feeling, we're talking about the emotion that you require in order to get in the mood for sex. And that could be different from person to person. Do you need to feel loved? Honored, happy, joyful, safe, powerful, playful, relaxed, sexy, desired. Um, you know, what puts you in the mood for sex? And in the book, it's, it's not a simple quiz, right? It's not like the love languages that we're reducing to five core feelings. It could be any feeling. And so we walk you through different questions and considerations to figure out what is it that you need to feel in order to get in the mood for sex? And it really varies from person to person. And I think it's a really important conversation, but more exciting. Then the core erotic feeling, once you figure out your core erotic feeling, you can move on to the elevated erotic feelings. And those elevated erotic feelings are the ones that take fantasies and role play and orgasms and intimacy to the next level, right? So You know, your core erotic feeling, for example, oftentimes is rooted in safety and your elevated erotic feelings can often be rooted in risk. It is not always the case, but that's a common pattern that I see anecdotally. So maybe I need to feel really loved in order to get in the mood for sex. Okay. All right. But let's say I feel really loved in my relationship. And quite frankly, I really do. No matter what I do, I feel loved, but it's not always putting me in the mood because it's very safe. And so my elevated erotic feelings are far more varied. Like I I like risk. I like feeling jealous. I like feeling challenged. I like feeling subjugated. I like these feelings that otherwise would be horribly uncomfortable, right? When I'm walking down the street, I don't want to feel those things. But in the context of this safe relationship, I can tap into those feelings. And the reason I begin with feelings is often it's easier to describe a feeling than an experience, right? So if I say, I may not be comfortable going to my partner and say, you know, I want a gangbang but I may be able to say, I want risk. I want to be overwhelmed. I want to feel like the center of attention. I want to feel used and abused, right? And then we can move into that because every fantasy I have is not one that I necessarily want to live out. Like for example, I could be turned on by a gangbang. That's not something that I would personally want to do. It's just not my thing. But if I'm really turned on by it, my partner and I, or my partners and I can play with that fantasy and that's why we tap into core erotic and elevated erotic feelings
0: so we're talking a lot about these conversations to have but that's a tough thing uh one of the big themes of our whole podcast is use your words use your words to get what you want in bed but also use your words to tell your partner what you like what you don't like and it sounds like you're talking all about that how how do we help our listeners have those conversations a little easier. Maybe you can speak to this one, Marla.
2: Yeah. So when you go into a situation like that, it's first, it's the most important thing is to identify what those positive things are about that person. Right. So for instance, if your lover is maybe not such a great kisser, or your kissing is not very compatible, you could say like, Hey, I love your lips. Your lips are so gorgeous. I love the way they feel up against my skin. How about we try kissing like this? Like, let's try this type of kiss or let's try this way of kissing. And I want to see how that feels on me. So that way you're, you're giving some positive reinforcement. You're saying, Hey, I love this thing about you. And I want to try something new with this thing that I love about you. And that helps to sort of soften the blow for some people who might be like, what, you don't like my kissing, right? It's sort of like... If you were to say like, oh, I hate the way you kiss, you're going to have a bad reaction. So the way that we approach someone is how they're going to react to us. So if we come at them very kind, considerate, we tell them, hey, what we love about them, and then we tell them, hey, this is what I want to change. This is what I want to improve on. It's going to get a much, much better reaction. Can we go to dirty talk for just a minute? Because
1: I... I suck at it. I, I, It makes me feel super self-conscious. I feel like I need to take cues from porn stars and like stick it in me, do it harder. And it's just, it doesn't feel authentic to me. But you guys go into the idea that dirty talk does not have to be what it sounds like in porn. So can you speak more to how you can talk dirty in
3: bed uh, and not feel super self-conscious about it? Yeah, we talk about the fact that dirty talk is a bit of a misnomer because dirty talk can be sweet. It can be loving. It can be raw. It can be edgy. It can be funny, whatever your style. So it really is about communicating. And we know we have a wealth of data saying that if you talk about sex, sex is hotter. And if you talk about sex during sex, it can also be hotter. And so we walk you through different types of dirty talk. So your dirty talk can be really focused on, and this is actually really interesting, I think, for lifestyle people because sometimes we're in the mood for kind of something that feels very monogamous. And then sometimes we're more in the mood for something more open. And I'd love to see some more research on this because I hear from people who love being a part of the lifestyle and and find it the hottest thing, but at times they're really put off by it too. And I'm wondering you know, if this is relational, maybe we can't explain why. Sometimes I wonder if it's hormonal as well, if there's times when we just wanna feel more commitment and connection to one or two people and other times we want kind of strangers. So to go back into it, you know, dirty talk can be really focused on something romantic and more monogamous. Like I never want anyone but you or hierarchical. I want, like, I'm never going to want anyone as badly as I want you. And we give you a bunch of examples. Dirty talk could be more about taboos, right? It could be about, you know, I want to get nasty with you, or I'm going to pee on you, or I want a golden shower, even if you're not going to do those things, right? So you can play with that. It can be more playful, right? It can be about teasing, you know, telling your partner like, well, I always get what I want. So remember that, right? If that ties into your personality, it can be more dominant, right? It can be like, you're going to do whatever I say, right? It can be about deprivation, where if you don't do what I say, you're not going to get this, right? It could be about being submissive. It can, it can be simply to give directions. This is how I would say I personally use dirty talk because I'm demanding and like what I like. Um, But, you know, if you want something a certain way, so for example, some people will say, oh, I don't want to swallow with a blowjob. And I'll say, well, rather than saying I don't want to swallow, tell them what you do want. I want it on my tits or I want to see it over there. I want to watch it in your hand or I want to catch it and fling it back at you like Spider-Man. Like, what is it that you do want? And you, you can use dirty talk to cultivate consent Can I touch you right there? Do you want this? What about in the butt? Like, what you know, asking permission. Um, It can also be about saying exactly what you want. It can be about parsing out fantasies. Uh, For many folks in the lifestyle, it's about reliving fantasies, right? So folks who, for example, maybe only play a couple times a year, when they go to a resort or a club or something like that, maybe you're just talking about all those hot things you did. And I talk about that being your, your spank bank. I watch this in couples. You can live off of a hot memory for years, right? So that is dirty talk. It's not just, you know, put your blank in my blank and blank and blank me and blank me some more. You can describe what you're doing, right? I could say, you know, I'm undressing right now, I'm getting down on my knees. you can obviously use it to stroke their ego, right? Like tell them how good they are. people love that. Um, and yes, yeah, so there's so many different ways and we go through all these other ways in our book with lots of examples for people to practice.
0: Did you find that researching and um, and and doing the writing of this book impacted your sexual life, your sex life?
2: Absolutely. So especially uh, Jess's section around the core erotic feeling and elevated erotic feeling, which is, you know, her main concept. Like I brought in the seduction learning styles, but she brought in that. And for me, learning more about that and and that piece on hers was really helpful for me to be like, oh, how do I want to feel when I have sex? For me, I always thought of what is the reason? why I would have sex. And I think that was pretty valuable, but like, how do I want to feel like, uh, of course I want to feel adored. Well, how do I make that elevated in my sex life? Well, I have that person maybe dirty talk to me with adoration, or I have that person do some kinky stuff to me to make me feel adored or whatever the case may be. So I think it's important just to, to, to figure out those feelings. So absolutely. Like, uh, you know, some of the dirty talk phrasing was fun. Um, Even the moves like the practice moves were really great. So it's sort of like I had my contribution. She had her contribution. I'd be like, "Ooh, that's interesting. You know, so yeah, absolutely. It affected it affected not only the way I think, you know, as a sex educator, sometimes it can be kind of tunnel vision or we we teach our own thing to put our sort of our powers together helped me to sort of expand on that and implement it into my own life as well. How about you, Jess? You know, I'll just
3: be honest. I feel like I'm so deep in the trenches in sexology that I unfortunately when I learn something new, I don't think about my own sex life. I think about its application for work. And that's something I have to work on. But I will say that because there were so many prompts, those are prompts that I have gone and done with Brandon, or I've done them on my podcast with Brandon, which is still a really personal experience for me. Like it's not, we don't edit it or anything like that. So in, from a communication perspective, it's certainly opened up new doors from a sexual one. I think I need to uh, prioritize that. Yeah,
1: I, I do think
3: our partners are kind of our guinea pigs, Oh, they too. love it. <laughs> they love it.
0: I'm, they're like, what sexy homework are we doing this week, honey?
1: <laughs> but you, you've mentioned uh, the prompts. And one of the things I really loved about the book is that you give people very specific, detailed exercises, journal exercises, prompts, you know, quizzes, surveys to help them learn more about their sexual desires and that of their partners. So if you had to choose one or two prompts or exercises from the book that you would recommend
3: everybody try, what would it be? For me, it would be the three-part approach to asking for something. So starting with the positive, making an inquiry, and then making your request. Because so many people say like, well, I've told them before. Well, have you told them or have you complained? Have you made a request or have you made lodged something that's felt like a criticism? And so this applies, you know, in every area of life to start with the positive. Let, let's say I just I want my partner to make out with me more. All right. We got lots of sex, but I want to be kissed. Well, I'll tell you, honestly, my first inclination would be like, you never kiss me anymore. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get a great reaction to that. But if I were to say, oh, I feel so good when you kiss me. So I've started with the positive and it's authentic. Make an inquiry and shut up, which I'm not great at. But, you know, to say, like, you know, do you like being kissed? Like, or how do you like being kissed? And then not ask him 15 questions, but just one question and then zip my lips. Uh, and then I and then I make my request with specificity. I say something like, you know, when you walk in the door after work, would you come over and just grab me and kiss me? sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And so then I've complimented them. I've made space for conversation and I've asked for what I want with, with a specific request. It's not something broad, like kiss me more often. Okay. That's, that's very, very broad. My partner doesn't really know what that means. And it also shows that I don't even really know what I want. So that that's the piece that I think would be really helpful and goes back to an earlier question around using your words. How about you, Marla?
2: So, I definitely feel like with the seduction instruction or the homework that I thought was important, again, is uh, the self-inquiry around the core erotic feeling. So, you know, do you need to feel loved? Do you need to feel honored? How do you experience your sexual desire? You know, what puts you in the mood for sex? How do you want to feel? How do you tend to feel? How do you want to feel? When does sex feel appealing? So listing those, I think, is super, super helpful. The exercises for that. And then I also think the seduction interview is great, like the lover's inquiry seduction interview. So thinking about like how to approach your lover, when is the best time to initiate contact? When is the worst time to initiate sexual contact? You know, are there days of the week that you like to have sex or don't like to have sex? Do you like to be woken up for sex? You know, like, are you open to having consensual non-consent sex? Like, are you open just to having sex? Uh, Are you open to quickies? Are you open to all sorts of things? So thinking about like, when you would like to have sex, don't like to have sex. I think those things are important because some people they might not voice that or they might even not even think about it. So Understanding that and having a full grasp of that with your lover is super, super helpful when trying to have a better sex life. So, yeah, the seduction interview, I think, is really, really great. And uh, the core feeling for sure.
1: Yeah, I I thought the seduction interview was really valuable in that so many people don't even think about sex outside of the bedroom or certainly don't have conversations with their partners, with their lovers outside of the bedroom. And it's such a valuable exercise to talk about sex when you're not in the middle of having sex. That's really hard for a lot of people. So having that that kind of out-of-the-bedroom conversation is a really great way to make sure you're both on the same page.
2: Absolutely. I always say be on the couch, be do it at dinner, do it, not just don't do it in the bedroom. Yeah. Like whenever you're talking about sex or want something to improve in your sex life, like, don't don't do it right after sex. Do it while you're on the couch or having dinner or in a nice casual situation where there's no pressure. Yeah,
3: I, I forget about the techniques. I forgot that we like we really went into techniques. That's true, too. So I don't know if you two are trying the techniques as well. Yes,
0: I, um, I'm really excited about Me diving too. in a little deeper and getting to, to do some of those exercises. This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on with us, Jess and Marla. This has just been really fun and, and exciting to be able to talk to you.
3: Thank you so much for having us.
0: we're back. That was such a
1: great interview. That Those ladies are just so thoughtful and matter of fact about topics that can be really hard to talk about. Full of great information. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to our sexy
0: homework. I know, me too. Yeah. So, so what are we going to do? I was sort of thinking this full body orgasm prep is really yeah. interesting to me.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. So there is a chapter that literally walks you through this the the process of of trying to create a full body orgasm trying to i think essentially stimulate all sorts of parts of the body not just the genitals right we get really right. caught up in touching and kissing and and um and having sex with our genitals and there's parts of your body that you can derive a ton of pleasure from that have nothing to do with your genitals right are you are going to do that with Mr. Cat?
0: I don't know. You don't know? I haven't decided yet. I think so. I mean, he would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: And you can walk him through. You guys could reciprocate.
0: Well, and really, I mean, if we're talking about like the communication part of all of it, it's -hmm. going to be most comfortable for me to communicate with him. Yeah. For the first time. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. It seems only fair that he Mm -hmm. should get to. Experience the full body orgasm. Yeah, right. Why not?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that looked super fun. Uh, I thought it might in the foreplay section. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought it might be fun to to get some friends together and do. Um, erogenous zone mapping. So Mm. there's a chapter about erogenous zones that, again, have nothing to do with genitals. um, And it's going to be different for different people. Like I know from experience that Mr. Ams hates to have his belly button touched.
0: He hates it. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't like it at all.
1: So, but for some people, it can be a total erogenous zone. And it, there's like some <laughs> nerve endings from that area that kind of go down into mm-hmm. the, the bladder, the urethra, and kind of into the pelvic area. So I think for some people, it's a big turn on. But I thought, you know, we could go through the sections that the book talks about as potential erogenous zones, things like the nape of the neck or the top of the collarbone or like the area um, of your lip, between your lip and your nose, which has a a, a name that I can't remember, fulcrum? I, I, I can't remember the name. The sweaty was. part? Yeah, it does <laughs> get know. a little sweaty. Um, but just, you know, we could uh, we could kind of go through touching each other in different ways and see like what are our personal erogenous sounds. I like it. Yeah, I thought that'd be fun. Um, but there's a, t- I mean, sexy homework's gonna be easy, right? Because yeah. the whole book is filled with homework. So right. I'm, I'm hoping to tackle a couple of different
0: Areas. There are some great worksheets and some exercises to do with your partner. I think that might be fantastic. So I'm going to I'm thinking we should try some of those too.
1: Absolutely. But maybe
0: just the ones that we feel would be most beneficial to us. And I think that's sort of the whole book, right?
1: Yeah, you don't have to to necessarily read the book. Cover to cover to get a lot out of it. I think focusing on areas where you feel like you have personal growth. Mm-hmm. Like there's a a whole section on confidence, and I think for a lot of women, that's going to be a really important chapter. Like mm-hmm. how do I get back sexual confidence? Especially you know if you've been married a while, if you're a mom, like your body's changed. It's hard to um to feel really confident in the bedroom. So that's you know a chapter. That I would highly recommend for anybody who just doesn't feel confident in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. That is not my issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, I don't think I'm gonna talk a lot about that chapter or do those exercises. Right. But there are other ones like the, you know, eroticizing daily activities where I think absolutely that is something that that Mr. Ams and I should do more of. Cause sometimes we we have a great relationship, we talk a lot, but we're kind of like partners you know going Mm -hmm. through life as partners and and sometimes we don't think about each other sexually until we get into the bedroom and we have great sex but like why can't we kind of be fun and and flirty and teasing with each other all day right yeah we just haven't done it right so yeah i'm really really looking forward to digging into just a little bit deeper yeah yeah all right then let's do it let's do it
0: So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex.
1: Now go get some.
0: If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe.
1: And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on iTunes or Spotify.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Okay, can't call him Larry. That doesn't sound sexy. No, it
0: doesn't sound. Larry's not Lawrence. sexy. Lawrence, Lawrence is okay, but no.
1: Lawrence sounds like oh, you don't want him. And I like the gay guys, but it's. it's doesn't I know sound you love the gay, gay, guys. gay guys.
0: I love the gay guys, <laughs> but
1: no, I, I find not that way. I find them kind of sexy. I know you do.
0: Let's see. What <laughs> can we call them? We will. Call if only they returned the Luke. I'm sure we'll they call totally him. find you sexy, but. They don't want to fuck
1: you. I'm not a penis owner. I'm not going to do it for them. Sorry. I get it. I understand. (sighs) I can't change. Uh, I love that song. (laughs) That's a digression. Okay. So we're going to call him Luke.